With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is Monday, April 1st, uh, the end of March. This is just wild. Time needs to stop. This is out of hand. Uh, the NHL playoffs are obviously right around the corner. A lot of sports right around the corner. Masters, uh, NBA playoffs, baseball, but who cares? That doesn't start till August. Uh, but most importantly, the NHL playoffs are right around the corner. So we're going to be discussing a lot of that this episode. We're going to get into the Leafs Week in Review, obviously. We're going to take a look at the Leafs squad this year versus last year going into the playoffs because obviously there are, the situation going into the playoffs is pretty similar. Same seed against the same team. Deja vu to the max. Anywho, and we're also going to be getting into a new segment called don't do that but first one thing i really wanted to quickly touch on is the big news of the day uh the cwhl the canadian women's hockey league is folding uh, a lot of people upset about that uh someone i saw wrote a pretty brainless rant about women's hockey and inequality and blah 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 on Instagram, I'm not going to read it because I don't want to lose any more brain cells from it, but I'm just going to give my takes on this. So, the CWHL folded because it was deemed financially unstable. They just weren't making enough money. They're a nonprofit. They were still on donations. TV revenues were clearly not enough. Merchandise, ticket sales, whatever. Just was not financially sustainable, so it had to be shut down. But... My big takeaway from this, and yes, I know a lot of people are losing a lot from this. The players are obviously very upset. Everyone that loved the organization, obviously very upset. But my big takeaway from this is I think this could end up being the best thing possible for for uh, women's, hockey, women's professional hockey. And here's why. There are two top female hockey leagues right now. The CWHL and the NWHL, they're about right on par with each other. One's in the States, and then the CWHL, mostly in Canada, one team in the States, one team in China, whatever. But, so by the CWHL folding, now there is one league. That makes sense. Having two does not. I know travel and all that, but you're still traveling pretty damn far in the CWHL. So, this could turn out to be... Very good for women's professional hockey, and here's why. If the NWHL picks up teams like the Toronto Fury, the Calgary Inferno, the Montreal team, and maybe even Markham, potentially Markham, maybe not even. If they pick up those top teams from this league, and then they form the best women's professional hockey league, isn't that a lot more of a product than what you had? Before you had half of a top professional league. It was a half. Now you've got a full. I mean, remember the WHA? Like, 
did that it folded because having two top professional leagues in the same vicinity does not make sense now i know this is an unfortunate way to be pushing forward but let's be real this could be the best thing possible for women's professional hockey so that's a looking obviously on the positive side the negative side i mean it's just gone and this might not actually work out but hopefully it does always look on the positive side of things anywho moving on to the nhl because a lot of you don't watch women's professional hockey uh, let's move on to the NHL, the playoff race. And this is really getting steamy here. The Western Conference, the Eastern Conference. We got Columbus, Carolina, Montreal battling it out in the East. And then we got Arizona and Colorado in the West just going toe-to-toe. I know that Minnesota's still kind of hanging around. They're, um, they would be four points back of Colorado. Colorado does have a game in hand on them. But, I mean, four points, three games... I, I'm I'm sorry I gotta X you out on that one. You're you're done so, but brother, um, I so I think they're done. I think it's mainly between Arizona and Colorado. Well, no shit, Sherlock. But let's take a look at the remaining schedules and what could be for the NHL playoffs. Now, just right off the bat, I'm gonna say I think the teams that are in the playoffs right now, that's what's gonna stick. These are the teams you're gonna see in the playoffs come. When does it start? April 12 or April? In April. We're going to see them playing hockey deep into April, pretty much. So, and here's why. First off, I'm going to start with the East. Montreal's schedule to close the season is just, it's not ideal at all. When you look at it, I mean, they're playing Tampa Bay, they're playing Washington, and they're playing Toronto. So you, you've got the toughest schedule possible. I mean, the only they got one of them on the road. The toughest would obviously be all three on the road, but that's not easy. You could easily slide into, like, slide out of the season, over three, and f- end up finishing with ninety-two points, which is not going to get you into the playoffs. So that's why I'm leaving them on the outside. I'm not going to lie; they could easily. I, I would not be shocked. Maybe one point out of the three. They better not beat the Leafs on that April 6th. But then you look at Carolina. They've got the Leafs in Toronto on Tuesday, April 2nd. Uh, Then they have New Jersey. Then they have Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I mean, they've come on in the second half of the season because that makes total sense. Let's move ourselves out of a good draft pick. Um, So they're not going to be the easiest battle in Philadelphia, too. But New Jersey, I mean, not a lot going for New Jersey this year. So, yeah, don't need touch on that too much and then the last team obviously that's in it columbus i think matt duchene's gonna get in i really really do they play boston there's a tough one but then they close out the season new york ottawa however i'd like to point out that new york ottawa is on a back-to-back both on the road so that's not too too easy but columbus is a strong team ottawa is not new york not really they're rebuilding they're rebuilding they be patient a couple years from now hopefully but yeah i I mean columbus is right now as of right now today they're two points up they beat the sabers today for nothing to put themselves two points up in montreal so they have that little cushion both have three games left and montreal's just got a much tougher schedule to go so 
that's why I'm putting my stamp of this is it. This is Dunzo Alonzo for the East. Uh, moving over to the West, Arizona's scheduled to finish out Kings. Uh, Vegas, who we'll see if Flowers, I mean, Vegas has lost five in a row, so they got a, either that could be a good thing or as in you're facing a sliding Vegas team or they're going to wake up and kick the hell out of you. Um, and then they play Winnipeg. So a couple tough challenges to end the season. Hopefully they can sneak out at least a lot of, a lot more points than what they need. They're going to need at least four points to close out the year. Because Colorado is going up against St. Louis in St. Louis. So not an easy one. Edmonton, which is uh, just going to be a little pillow fight. And then Winnipeg, who, I mean, tops their division. Not too bad. How do you do? And then to close it out in San Jose on the road, which is not an easy one. So we still really do have a pretty damn good battle in the West uh, and in the East, too. Although I have marked... I have put my stamp of this is done i've done chained it pretty much these standings here i it, it's going to be really interesting and you better uh you better check the standings every morning because it, it, it could flip flop and there are spots up for grabs still which i mean don't you love a good playoff race unless you're a leaf fan in 2007 which if you don't remember that then you're too young stop listening Anywho, we got a good playoff race there. Um, so obviously going to the playoffs, we've got it's going to be another Toronto-Boston. So a repeat of 13, 2013, a repeat of last year. Uh, Leafs don't have the home uh, home ice advantage again, which is going to be obviously always still is tough. But I'm going to take a look at that matchup, obviously probably more so next episode because that's when everything's going to be done and done. And it's more of a... It's going to be closer to the match, uh, the actual playoffs, so it's going to make more sense to talk about it there. But what I do want to talk about right now, let's take a look at the Leafs roster this year versus what they have last year. Because, and even Boss, or no, I'm just going to stick with the Leafs right now. What they had this year versus what they had last year. Because, I mean, people are saying, oh, we're going to get slapped by Boston again, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think it's, it, it's, I, I don't know how you could just think like, oh, like they lost them last year. It's going to happen again this year. I mean, the Leafs, although they haven't shown it lately, and I'll get that to that in the Leafs Week in Review. This piss poor damn team cost me all this damn money, but get into that in a moment. So to start, let's start with the the people that are not there anymore. Let's start with that. So they lost Van Riemsdyk to Philadelphia, Bozak to St. Louis, they lost Roman Polak to Vodka or whatever. Uh, they lost Matt Martin to uh, the Islanders. Uh, they lost Uncle Leo to the Islanders as well. Curtis McElhinney, which the backup goalie is not really going to make a difference in this series. I hope. I really hope. I really, really, really hope. Uh, who else? I think that's pretty much it in terms of guys that... Uh, actually make an impact so those are the guys that are gone i mean bozak van reemsdijk those guys are pretty impactful players i mean paul uh Komarov didn't even really play last year in the playoffs i think what one or two games or so 
So those are they so pretty big acquisition. Uh, pretty big players lost there in Van Riemsdyk, who had three tucks and an assist last year. Tyler Bozak, I mean, lots of playoff experience there. Obviously, they'd be welcome the additions to the fourth line. <laughs> but look at the team this year. You you're lying if you think that this is not an upgraded team. Number one, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Kapanen, Janssen, and, and Dermott are all pretty young players. That year of experience is going to help them. They're going to be much better in the playoffs this year. I'll tell you that for free. That's number one. Number two, we landed the biggest free agent in NHL history. He's doing pretty good. I don't know if you've checked the stat sheet recently. 45 tucks, 86 points. He's a pretty tough guy to play against, especially when he's with Mitch, Magic Mitch over there. Kapanen's doing pretty well too this season. 19 goals, 43 points. That playoff experience for all those guys is going to be really helpful. Andreas Janssen too, 42 points last uh, this year. Compared to playing, what, nine games before the playoffs last year? Kapanen having, what, seven points before the playoffs last year? This is a pretty tough forward group to play against. And then even when you look at the back end, they got Jake Muzzin. Hopefully they're going to have a, a healthy Jake Gardner back there. They're going to have their Travis Dermott back there with some experience as well. I mean, are those not all upgrades to the forward core? To the defensive core, they're going to be a t- Boston's going to be in tough. And if they think otherwise, they're going to get slapped. Now, I know the big criticism of the Leafs is the way that we'll say the, we'll call it the style that they've played with this year. There's been times in games where they just look like they were pounding cherry vodka all night the night before. And when they got out there, they were just sweating it out. And they were hungover as hell. And they looked sluggish. And they just did not. They looked like they belonged in the cheese toast league. They, like, I don't know. But then, all of a sudden, they hit the sauna. And it, like, a snap of the fingers. The games are turned. I find those to be, I find that the way that they've play, been playing like that to be absolutely ridiculous. But it's a symptom of the fact that they're an absolute wagon. They have so much talent on this team. It's unreal. They're bursting at the seams. Remember when Connor Brown was considered a terrific rookie? Well, guess what? Everyone wants him on the fourth line now, and deservingly so. Even Patrick Marlowe, there's a lot of hoopla on Twitter about him moving him to the fourth line. And I mean, I'm not going to say it, and I'm not going to agree with that, because Patrick Marlowe is a legend and deserves to be treated with respect. So shut your disrespectful little mouth. If you're going to put Patty Marlowe's name in your mouth, little shit. But I, don't, I just totally lost my train of thought. Anywho, this is going to be a tough team to play against. I know they haven't shown it at times this year. I know that they lack physicality. Whatever. But this is going to be a tough, tough team to play against. And I know that this is not going to be the team they showed up in Ottawa and disappointed me and made me cry. Not really. But anyways, another thing to look at for this playoffs 
I did miss this one. It was a big one. Placanitz was on the team last year, which, I mean, who cares? What, do you have one regular season goal? It's pretty good in the playoffs, but this team's going to have Kadri for the entire se- series, hopefully. I don't think he's going to knee anyone in the head again, but that was a pretty big loss. And when he came back, I mean, didn't, I mean, they pushed it to seven. What was this? Bench? I can't remember, but so they're going to have Kadri there, even though he hasn't been terrific this year. Uh, I'd like a lot more out of him, but having Nazem Kadri for a full series like that, he does provide that little chippy, he's a little edgy, yerps a lot out there. I love it. I love it, and it's exactly what this team needs in the playoffs. So, if you're sleeping on the Leafs, I mean, maybe it's time for a new alarm clock, because you better wake up. This team is damn good, and they're going to give Boston a damn good series moving on Leafs week in review this week was a disaster I know they're pumping their tires that entire time there I'm gonna I, I don't know like I'm, I'm ready to shit on them because as many people may not know I went to Ottawa I went to the game to watch the Leafs a home game away from home it was the entire arena was all blue and white so although you didn't, I don't know when they would have gotten to Ottawa, but you didn't sleep in your, your bed, you didn't get your pregame nap uh, where you usually do for at a home game. I mean, it, you, you had a lot of the support there, and you had a lot of people cheering. wasn't the best goalie that was starting, but I don't know. To, sh- to lose like that against a team that just has so little talent, it was a little disheartening, but... I'm going to be honest. I'm going to make a statement here. If you, if your trip was ruined by the Leafs not playing well, not winning in Ottawa like that, then you probably went either alone like a loser or you went with the wrong people. I mean, if you're not gassing beers from the second your tires go cross that Ottawa border... And you're not having fun, like then you're just a loser, and you're doing it wrong. Yes, they lost, and that was a little frustrating. But come on, like you, 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 you're not gonna have any fun because the fucking Leafs lost. Get your head out of your ass. You're a loser. Anywho, good trip. Cost a little bit of money. Um, one thing I do want to, the couple things that I want to say from the trip though. Um, one, the credit and debit machines actually went out. They stopped working during the second intermission. Um, and I suspect it's because Melnick didn't want to pay the uh, credit um, charges that go along with that. So it was cash only. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Um, the other thing, Leafs fans cheering when Garrett Sparks was stopping icings. Ooh, that's a that's a tough look. That's a tough look for the kid. And even on the road, your own fans are doing this to you on the road. That's That's got to sting just a little bit. Uh, last thing, the Leafs fans saying sell your team. Why? You, you, I mean, it's a good opportunity to beat up on them for years to come. You remember, clearly, if you're saying sell your team after watching Eugene Melnick drive it completely into the ground, you clearly do not remember 
was it 0506 to 06 or 07, even 0708 around there that period the period with Heatley Alfreds and Spezza when the Sens would just ground and pound the Leafs 8 to 2 no mercy heater just ripping the Leafs to shreds Clearly, you do not remember that time because I would like Ottawa to be bad for as long as possible. I would like Montreal to be bad for as long as possible. Every other Canadian team. Like, sell your team? Why? So they can be run properly? No. I'd like the Senators to remain a joke. I'm not very creative. They help me, uh, they, they help the juices get flowing with me because it's just so easy. So easy. Anywho, good trip. Ottawa's shouldn't be the capital of Canada. It's kind of ugly. But, anywho, let's move on. The Florida Panthers game. This was kind of an ugly one. I mean, finished 7-5. But, my notes from it, my big takeaways. Too many people are saying Barkov is underrated. If, if everyone's calling him underrated, is he really underrated? If you pay any sort of attention to the NHL in any sort of way, you know that Barkov is not underrated. He doesn't get the, the airtime or he doesn't get talked about uh, in the same light because he's in a smaller market. Yes, but like you know how good he is. He's fantastic. He's a fantastic two-way player. He's an absolute shootout highlight machine. Is he underpaid? Yes. Underrated? I don't know about that, man. Like, everyone's saying he's underrated. It's not a hot take anymore. Just shut up. You know who is underrated? Vinny Trocek. And he had a terrific game against the Leafs. Uh, on, uh, would have been Monday? Vincent Trocek from, uh, played, I can't even remember, Saginaw or something, Plymouth, around there. Anywho, the kit from... Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's pretty damn underrated. He's not having the best, best year. But 75 points last year. Not bad. And he, he was exceptional against the Leafs. I don't remember exactly. He had only the one assist. But he had a couple great chances in there too. He's a very good player. I mean, obviously, he's not talked about that that much. Because he's a, what, 50 to 60 point player. 75 last year. Oh, damn. That's hella good. But he's pretty damn good. They've got uh, Florida's got some gamers on offense there. They just got to fix their their goaltending situation because it seems like every year, the first half of the year, it, they're just an absolute mess. Bobby Lou goes down. James Reimer forgets to how to stop a puck. And I don't, I don't know how you pay your backup three and a half million dollars. And when it comes his time to step up to the plate, not even in playoffs, but in the regular season. When it comes time to step up to the plate, he just can't. Like, people call Bobrovsky a choke artist because he doesn't perform as well as he should in the playoffs. Imagine having a goalie that can't even do that in the regular season, that only plays well when he's behind Bobby Lou. That's some small mental stuff right there. I'm not going to say the M word. It's inappropriate. But, anywho. In this one, my other big takeaway was... Like the two late goals to make it seven five in the third period, 
Uh, I mean, two goals at late goals in a barn burner to me, it doesn't mean much. I mean, everyone's obviously moving slower a little bit in this game. They didn't, I mean, it was a four-goal lead. If it was a two-goal lead, you shouldn't be slowing down very much. But a four-goal lead, and they cut it to two, I mean, it just makes it more respectable for the Panthers. I don't think it's really a symptom of anything. It's just a, we're, we're up by 7-3. It's the Panthers. It's a Monday. Like, whatever. It doesn't really matter too much. In my opinion, I don't think, I wouldn't look too, too much into it. Um... I don't think that the Matthews... People are saying the Matthews line was terrible in this game, which, to me, this week, they were awesome. But um, we'll get that into that more. Um, I don't think the Matthews line was bad just so much as they didn't step up their game as much as other lines did. I thought that the Kapanen line was good. I thought that... I mean, the Tavares line, just their numbers speak to it for themselves. They were lights out. Everything they touched was a, a scoring chance. I mean, outside of John Tavares' four goals, I thought he still had an awesome game. He had a couple great chances in this game. On fire. And, like, those tap-ins, I mean, the way that he gets into position when you watch him, it was shifty. If you're not if you're not on him like a fly-on shit, he's going to score. He's going to get the puck, and he's going to score. He's got He's so strong in front of the net and so skilled that he's able to make that those chances for himself. And I posted that. If you saw that little... The little, oh, I'm going in front of the goalie, stop up, wide open that. He's got the puck. Made Borsham look silly. Welcome to the league, kid. This isn't Denver anymore. But that was, uh, and also, I think that the the Panthers, because they're so top-heavy, they weren't able to sufficiently line-match the Leafs, and it led to their demise. I mean, when you've got as strong as the three lines that the Leafs does, I mean, you can't be putting anything subpar. Anything less than the best against this team. But my last takeaway from this game before I get into some details about it. Um, one big thing I've noticed this year. I mean, Garland and How- now Howerluck, because of this game, that's where it relates. Jace Howerluck had over 100 points in I think less than 50 games in the WHL. And last year, he ended up in Manchester of the East Coast League. Just to see this guy out there, Yerpin, he's with the big club, he's Yerpin, he scored a goal, he was playing awesome in this one. And, I mean, you didn't, that's, it's it's just amazing to see those skilled, small guys reinvent their game like they do. I mean, back then it was, you have to go out there, you have to fight, you have to be tough. But now they're reinventing their game. Like, Howard Luck, even Garland was another one I pointed out. Like, they're not going out there and, uh, like, fighting anyone per se. But they, they added that little sandpaper and grit to their game. And just getting it done in front of the net. Like, I, th- I find that pretty interesting. I'm going to be looking through and trying to find more guys that uh, kind of reinvented their game like that. But, I mean, success in junior, I think... The success in junior was a symptom of the fact that these guys worked so hard and they were just willing to do anything. I mean, points in junior, obviously, most of the time they do show... They're translatable to the NHL, but, I mean, when you're not that big, I think it was the points in junior were more so a symptom of these guys were just work animals. They have the skill... But they're also just animals that are willing to do anything. So, 
I thought it was pretty pretty cool to see Howard Luck have a he at, like at least get called up this year and to be with the club and to be sticking kind of. I think he's almost at forty games played this year. So pretty cool stuff. Um man, yeah, my take on this game, I think all all four lines were just awesome in this one. Uh, some of these, uh, there was a quite a few defensive breakdowns in this one. I don't think Anderson played bad more so as the defense just kind of gave up in front of him. Um, they weren't great. But, like, I know Fred, he looked sluggish. He looked a little tired. So, hopefully he gets a little bit of rest coming this week. I mean, I don't, no matter how many games, if we lose out, yeah, sure, it looks ugly. You don't want that momentum. You don't want that, that mojo going into the playoffs. But Fred's got got to be, I mean, if Florida game is any sign of his condition, yikes, lock him up into the playoffs. Can't have that. Can't have that. That was just a, kind of an ugly look. But the way he was uh, moving out there after getting hit and such. Ugh, just don't want to think about it. Starting. Uh, starting sparks in the playoffs. My God, don't even. Uh, I'm gonna have nightmares now. Anywho, um, but yeah, that Mitch Marner line was awesome in this game. I thought even the fourth line was buzzing in this one. Um, Trevor Moore, unfortunately, got scratched on. I mean, guys come back. You're it's gonna be tough to crack the lineup, but uh, Trevor Moore, I thought was pretty good in this one. Um, but. Yeah, obviously this night belonged to the Tavares line. They were they were lights out. Nothing more you can pretty much say about this game. It was uh, it was messy, got even messier at the end, but uh, they pulled it out. Um, that's all I can say with that one. Now moving on to the Philadelphia game. Now, this one, uh, oh boy, this was another kind of a shit game. Not going to lie. 5-4, the final score. Loss and shootout. Um, I mean, I don't even know what to say. The one thing I am going to say, I picked up, I saw one some Leafs writer write this on uh, Twitter. It's, it was, uh, if Sparks let in that goal, then Leaf Nation would have been up in arms. Okay, okay, okay. But here's the thing. When someone's done so much good and then they screw up, whatever, like even for one game, whatever, you can forgive them because you remember the good that they did. What good has Sparks done in the NHL? Nothing. The only good he's done is lost us a bunch of games so then we could get the number one overall pick in Austin Matthews. In terms of this year, Sparks has done pretty much nothing. So yes, he deservingly should be shit on when he makes when he lets in weak goals, and Anderson should be excused. Not totally excused, but excused. Because he's actually done something for the team this year. He's been a workhorse. Alright? Sparks has done nothing but stink. Hate seeing those tweets like that. Anywho, uh, another thing, Twitter, uh, Twitter. What would you call it? I'm running out of words here, but Twitter sparked anger. Is how I have to be a Gardner slash Nylander stan because there are parts of Leafs Nation that just shit on them way too much. It makes no sense. 
They say, yeah, like, they, oh, I don't care what the stats say. Watch the game. Yeah, you're clearly not watching the game. They do so many good little things right, and then they put up a ton of points that it makes no sense. Oh, I saw one. One girl. Holy, holy, holy. Oh, Nylander is the laziest player on the ice. I don't understand how he could get all this money. Blah, 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 blah. Guess what he did? Caused a turnover in the offensive zone and got the game-tying goal. Clutch daddy. Nylander's an exceptional player. I don't care if you're say, calling him spoiled because of his contract holder. Or, I don't even... He plays soft, blah, blah. He's played... A lot more physical this year than I've seen in past. It's been pretty remarkable. And as for the holdout, are you directly paying his salary? Are you? No. He's back. He's here. We're not out of a playoff spot. Who cares? Are you on the team? Do you have to like look up? I mean, this is not Brenda from accounting that you have to deal with every single day. This is an athlete. You're not on his team. You've never played professional sports. How do you know how the players in the dressing room feel? You don't. So shut up. That's all I, that's all I have to say. And I will be a gardener and Nylander stan. Because this is, it's just such an annoyance when people shit on them like they do. Like Gardner was deservedly shit on after Game 7 last year. Because I, I think he had the flu it looked like. He was playing so bad. But aside from that, undeserving. But, anyways, here's some thoughts on the game. Um, Connor Brown had more of an impact in that first period than he has all year. I'm just going to say, he was awesome. Buried one. Nice little assist, too. A couple good chances here and there, yeah. Um, I think in the end of the game, he only played uh, he only played 10.50, which his ice time's getting down there, but... Over the last two games, three points. I hasn't played over 11 minutes in each of them. Not bad. I mean, maybe he's feeling the pressure a little bit. Uh, but, you know what? Good. Whatever makes him playing better. Um, I thought that uh, Nylander and also Ennis had a very good period of this one as well. Nylander's just an overall solid game. Uh, finished with... Was a goal and an assist, uh, just a goal, just a goal in nineteen twelve, time on ice. Solid, solid game though. Was also terrible in terms of possession, but I thought he had a pretty good game. Couple good chances here and there, and obviously that game clutch daddy game time goal. But this one was ugly. I mean, you got you're up two zero. They're up two zero. Um, Fred was playing well. You got the goals from Kadri, you got the goals from Brown. Streaks are gone. Uh, the scoreless streaks are gone. But, I mean, this connected goal, just to start it all off, Martin Marinson is supposed to be a defensive defenseman. He moved away from Konechny. I mean, it, it was like he saw the Konechny as the flu. And he had a big presentation this week. Couldn't touch him. Can't touch him. Can't risk it. He took a guy in front. Okay, you take the pass. That's two-on-one, you're supposed to take the pass. Make sure that pass at all costs does not get across. Someone was already there. It was a two-on-two. So him moving, like that was just the most frustrating play ever. How are you on the ice? How are you signed to an NHL contract when you're doing dumb stuff like that? What exactly is it that you do here to quote office space? That's my question of Marinson because that was Terrible. 
Um, connecting, actually, also speaking of him, was awesome this game. He actually almost scored again after that. Picked off a pass, zone entry, pass, and then a nice shot. But uh, save made by Anderson. Um, yeah, he had a couple good ones. That Gouda's goal was kind of weird because... I mean, clearly Fred was screened on that one. What can you do? Why is your defenseman pushing? I mean, it was unfortunate the timing with Ron Hainsey, I think, a little bit too. But he pushed their player. I can't remember who it was. Hartman, I believe. Hartman. Ryan Hartman. Um, right in Fred's eye of sight. And that, like, what are you going to... If you are if you can't see it, you're probably not going to stop it. So, but very, very entertaining game. Carter Hart's a hell of a goaltender. I thought the Leafs were deserving of the two points. I mean, John Tavares wide open in front missing like that. Uh, The overtime was pretty wild too. Good game. Unfortunate result. And I mean, blowing a two-goal lead. Holy. And if we're totally honest here, I had a really good video set up if uh, lined up if the Leafs came back and won. Uh, But they didn't. And it was the... uh, And I'm probably going to post it eventually. But it was the Mr. Weed episode, the episode of Family Guy where Mr. Weed dies. Remember, Brian's choking, and then he, he, the thing that he's choking on goes into Mr. Weed's mouth, and then he chokes on it. That could that, that's a meme waiting to happen. Oh, it, it's coming, it's coming. Don't worry, it's not this year. Maybe next. Um, then moving into this Ottawa game to close everything out. Um, I thought the first period they had a lot of outside chances. A lot of shots, but a lot of outside shots. Um, Nylander, I thought, had a good game, good good period in that first one. Um, but, I mean, the Leafs just pounded them in the shots department. And it made no sense that they, they couldn't get one by them. They got a lot of good chances, too, by the end of the game. And I, But like when you're losing to a team that is as, that's playing Cody Cece, over 23 minutes a night, it's a little disappointing. I don't care how well you play, you should be destroying them. Like, Ottawa's power play was so bad, I I question, I don't think they got one shot on it. If the Leafs' best strategy, to, if they wanted, if they was at 2-2, they wanted to go to overtime, I think it would have, it should have been just take more penalties and just let those ride out into the, into the, the overtime. Because Ottawa's power play was atrocious absolutely atrocious um and that's why i thought mitch was but i thought the the top two lines in uh the tavares line and the matthews line were both fairly good in this one um just it seemed like there, there's just something missing there's something needed to click almost and the floodgates would open but unfortunately you know that never happened and they Flippin' lost. Um, my last note on this one, as I tweeted, why, I know it's you're, you're shorthanded on this case, but when your net's empty, why in the hell is Ron Hainsey on the ice? What's he gonna do? What does he do exactly out there? Is he gonna, like, you need a goal. I understand your net's empty, you don't want them to score, but you need a goal. The puck needs to go in their net in order for the game to continue. And you think that Ron Hainsey gives you that best chance? I'm sorry. 
But I have to strongly disagree with you on that one, Mr. Babcock. Uh, Last closing note, Sparks was terrible in this one. Just terrible. The shots were from the outside. I mean, the Payar- we let Payarvi score again. CeCe and Payarvi scored in this game. Just a... Ugh, what a disaster. What a disaster. My stars of the week... Um, Actually, my garbage bag of the week. I'm going to give it to the goaltending and the defense. The defensive play, you know. Not just defense in general. But... Goaltending was absolutely awful. I mean, five spot against the Panthers, a four spot technically against the Flyers, and then three goals from the Brampton Beast, pretty much. Just absolutely awful. Something needs to... And I know I was pumping the least tires, as I said, in that earlier playoff examination, but... They need to be a lot better. And I think they will be better. When uh, I mean, Callie Rosen should be very, very interesting to see him fill in for Jake Gardner until he comes back. But once Gardner's back, I think it, it'll be game on. I think they'll be okay. Everything is going to be okay. So, guys that I thought had a huge week. Um, I mean, obviously, John Tavares with that four-goal Four goal game, zero points after that though. So ooh, I don't know about that. Uh, Austin Matthews with a huge game against Philadelphia, pretty damn good game against Ottawa. Nice little curling toe, shelf show on uh, Craig Anderson. How do you do? Thanks for the goals, but um, against Florida though he wasn't terrific. Um, Mitch Marner three assists against Florida. Um, Against Philadelphia, I think he was okay, but nothing to show on the score sheet. And then one one assist, a couple highlights, though, against Ottawa. So, I think it's pretty close. I think the Kadri line this week, though, really didn't do enough. I don't think they did enough in that uh, Ottawa game, so they're clearly X'd out there. But I'm going to give it to... Uh, I don't think William Nylander put up enough points to be deserving of this, but... Well, two assists against the Panthers. And then one goal. So three points there. Uh, If I were to give three stars, I'd honestly give it to no one because they just did not play well enough this week. But I'm going to give three stars to uh, Austin Matthews. Uh, Second star would have to go to Mitch Marner. And then third star to Jake Buzzin. I thought he had a pretty good week. Pretty good week. 20 huge minutes against uh, the Flyers there. Um, pretty good game against Ottawa, I thought, too. Playing 22-37. And then 23 minutes and you get a, and a goal against, uh, against the Panthers there. So pretty good week by him. I mean, you do see the turnovers quite a bit in this game, but you do see... I mean, that happens with good defensemen. So, one goal this week. Played over 20, 22 minutes in each of the games. Topping out at 26-47. Um, so, yeah, pretty good week by Jake, Jake Muzzin. Very happy the way he played. Everyone else sucks. But, anywho, that pretty much wraps up Leafs Week in Review. Um, my segment for 
don't do that. Uh, we're going to start with, um, again, what I've repeated, playing Ron Hainsey when your net is empty. Don't do that. Second one, leaving the game early in Ottawa on a Saturday night. Where are you going? What do you have to do? Are you that important that a Saturday night after you're at the Leafs game, you have to rush out? I know they're losing, and that sucks, and whatever. But don't do that. That was embarrassing. The Ottawa Jumbotron showed all the Leafs fans leaving. We looked like a bunch of losers. Don't do that. I have so many more with this one. I could go on forever. Um, if you're sick, go away. Quarantine yourself. Nobody else wants to get sick. Just straight up, don't do that. Um, if you're Drew Doughty and your team is in last place and the season has been awful, don't go out talking your talk about Brent Burns and about Matthew Kachuk and whatever. Your your team's been an embarrassment. This being, season's been an embarrassment. Just don't do that. Tripling from the golf course. That's where you're being a flipping week. Great player, though. Great player, Drew Doughty. Love to have him on my team any day of the week. But just don't do that. <sighs> Anywho, that pretty much wraps up everything. we got a solid episode here. Um, we will be going back to one episode a week. Uh, really being released on Mondays. Uh, the reason we miss, uh, I missed the past two Mondays. One... I got my ass kicked by St. Patrick's Day. I just got to admit it. I got my ass kicked. I mean, I thought, ugh, she has so many good ideas when you drink on a week on work night, and then, like, they just go out the window. It just never works out. Such an ugly feeling. Such an ugly look for myself. They should have, and this is my business idea, so you have to credit me if you use it. They should have, like, the work night special. Where it's like they, you got your games going, whatever you're watching. They give you your food, and food is mandatory. And like when, in terms of drinking, you pay for this package where they have you on a breathalyzer, and you you're maintained, and you're like you're not cut off, but like the size of the beer and the type of drink that you're given is altered based on what your blood alcohol is, so that. You end up at work the next day. You don't feel like a bag of shit. And they make you drink water. A lot of water. A lot, a lot of water. And Gatorades. So that you're able... You're, you're buzzing. You're flying. But you're not too close to the sun. So, the work night special. Someone's got to break that down. Get that going. So that's a good idea. And I would pay a lot of money for that. Anywho. See you all next week. We got the Leafs. Upcoming, I don't have it up. I can't even, I don't know. Hopefully, we just need a win. Anywho, take care. Have yourselves an average Monday.